And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones. And it's great to be here with every one of you as we're going to be talking about a very important subject matter, and that is the topic of prophecy and edification. So we hope that you can stay tuned to our program. And of course, make sure that you share this with your friends and family, especially those of you that are following us in social media. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank Jesus. you so much, so much that we can get together and study your word. I do thank you, Lord, that you blessed our time together in the past. I pray you'll bless our time today as we dive into your word and, and help a church that's really struggling right now with the way things are going in the world, Lord. Uh, teach us your word and give us that hope and that blessed hope that we're looking forward to. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista and Nathan Jones, again, as we're talking about prophecy and edification. So we ask that you keep us in prayer during this program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to the program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother, as always. Uh, all these years we've been doing this program, it's a highlight of my week. Oh, it's fantastic. And Nathan, it's also nice to be doing this program with warmer weather than what's been going on in Texas. What's going on over there? Well, uh, last week we had the probably the worst storm I've heard of uh, from people who lived here longer than I have since 1989. It got down to negative four in some places, which is unheard of in Texas. It's that polar vortex that was sucking the cold air from outer space down. And it didn't just pass through like most Texas storms. It stayed for an entire week. So millions of people without power, without water. Uh, most of my neighborhood uh, was without power. Fortunately, praise the Lord, our house had power, but we didn't have water or pipe blue, so we were without water for days. And uh, that story went on on here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. Our offices were without power for six days. Wow. Three days when a pipe burst. And uh, so, you know, this is probably a negative nine degrees or whatever is normal for, say, if you're up there in Minneapolis, but down here in Texas, it's the snowpocalypse. <laughs> but then this week, we're in the 80s. Go figure, right? That is amazing, Nathan. Well, listen, I, I was praying for you guys because I know that is difficult. And I mean, it was, we're talking about, uh, you know, some people lost their lives uh, because of this. So I, I definitely uh, understand. And man, my heart goes out to you guys. But I'm so glad that everything is somewhat back to normal. Well, uh, one thing it did show was the corruption in the companies and the organizations that run it, uh, our power grids. It also showed that even though there were the most energy efficient or energy rich state, uh, this green energy, these wind fan, winds and solar just don't work in storms. And so uh, that's why we had so much power outage, because all that green energy just wasn't working when it needed to. And uh, it showed uh, how weak the power grid is. Boy, if it's bad in Texas, think about the rest of the country. So it's time to put uh, money into infrastructure and fix the electrical grid. So it's a wake-up call, I hope, to not only our country, but the uh, state, but the rest of the country. Yeah, well, Nathan, uh, it's uh, sometimes it's, it's challenging because we, we, we find those things out the hard way. I remember some of the hurricanes that came through Florida and they did so much damage that then everybody realized they needed to install generators in these gas stations. Otherwise, there's no way to pump the gas. Well, yeah. I mean, what happens when we move from gas to electrical cars? I mean, that's an inevitability. Well, you can't charge it if the charging stations aren't powered. So nobody's going anywhere, at least with gas and oil when you have it. Unfortunately, here, a lot of our gas stations uh, ran out of gasoline and couldn't get new. 
and the stores were cleaned out. Uh, and that's just one week of storm, man. Can you imagine what life would be like in the tribulation time period when the whole world is up upended? I mean, the chances of getting our distribution networks stabilized will be next to impossible. The, the world will experience massive energy and food shortages. And we read in Book of Revelation how many people will die of starvation during that time period. So it's, it's easy to see a these little storms uh, are big reminders of, of what life will be like if people uh, continue on this path that we're on. And brother, we're on a dangerous path as not only as a nation, but the world right now. Wouldn't you agree? Nathan, you are so right. And, and I think, like you said, this is great, uh, a wake up call for us. And it's only the beginning of what we believe is coming in terms of interruption. So definitely, definitely we're lining up to a lot of what the Bible talks about. And uh, I just think that even with all, all, all the um, wake-up calls that we get, Nathan, it's almost like as soon as it's over, most people go back to sleep. <laughs> oh, oh, that is so true. I mean, you remember 9-11. Uh, I think almost everybody who was alive at that time period even remembers where they were at. And, uh, uh, you know, for the first few weeks after 9-11, churches were packed. People were calling on the Lord, repenting. And like you said, a few weeks later, people forgot. Same thing in the 2008 uh, housing crisis when the, most people lost tens of thousands of dollars each in their um, incomes. Same thing then with the uh, restrictions here with COVID. And I'm sure another year or two, if things do get back to normal, I doubt they'll ever truly be normal again until Jesus returns. But uh, we'll forget that too. It's something about the human nature that tends to forget the pain and suffering and only remember the good times. And Unfortunately, that makes us spiritually vulnerable to falling for the same deceptions all over again. Yeah, no, absolutely, Nathan. And that's why we do have to pray for the Christian community and really uh, at large, because I believe that the Christians, in a sense, we need to recognize really what the Lord is saying to us, what's happening all around us. And this should be wonderful opportunities for us to be able to share with people, hey, it's time to wake up and it's time to really get serious with the things of the Lord. And, and that's what you and I hope to accomplish today, Nathan, really through our programs. It's really to edify the body, to encourage the body, and for the body of Christ to see the importance of biblical prophecy. So I wanna thank you for uh, sharing that. And Nathan, of course, you and I have been talking about edification. Uh, the, the body of Christ as a whole uh, is in need of edification because these past months have been really difficult, very challenging, especially with the whole political upheaval and even now with the new laws that are being passed, we need to make sure that we don't run out of gas uh, fulfilling the mandate that the Lord had called us to do. So you and I were, were going to be focusing today uh, on edifying the body of Christ through Bible prophecy. And you would agree, Nathan, that really biblical prophecy can be a great tool for edification, right? Oh, absolutely. And I agree with that 100%. What I don't agree with is all the laws that are being passed. Uh, correction. Uh, Joe Biden seems to think that he's still a senator. It's it's all the executive orders he's passing. Yes, uh, wow. Right around the Congress, and of course, who knows what not crazy things will come out of Congress soon. So, yeah, man, uh, we're seeing uh, America as we know it just seems to disappear in the last year. And so, if there's any time that that Christians, at least in our age, have been struggling, we're struggling now with the just a loss of identity as a free country. So, yeah, brother. Uh, uh, share us, uh, share some edification because I'm sure everybody listening in needs it. 
Yeah, well, Nathan, actually, you brought up a good point. I didn't mean to sidetrack us too much, but yeah, I'm really concerned for all these executive orders because it really shows where this country is headed very quickly. And I believe in the next uh, six months to a year, we're going to see the face of America changing in certain areas when it comes to uh, homosexuality and all these things that they're trying to pass, same uh, sex genders uh, in the military. Uh, and it's just really, uh, uh, it's going to be a challenging situation uh, for, for Christians in America. Absolutely. I, we're seeing more and more uh, the cancel culture shutting down Christians. Uh, Merrick Garland, who was a Supreme Court nominee and now looks like he'll become the attorney general, his goal is to get rid of what he calls insurrectionists who tried to overtake the congressional building back on January 6th, but he's laid them all white supremacists. So in other words, if you're a conservative and if you're a Christian, well, then you're naturally a white supremacist. And well, if you're evil, then, then of course society should cancel you and get rid of you. So uh, we've seen in just in the last few years, Christianity and conservatism being demonized and then silenced. And uh, that's something that many. <laughs> and when you look at church history, how many countries have tried to shut up the gospel? And yet the gospel outlasted the country. So uh, mm. if we were to talk about edification, the church continues on as long as the Lord needs it to until the rapture of the church. Uh, so nations might try to silence uh, Christians, but wherever Christianity is oppressed, like China it grows. And that's so a good point. Oh, that's an excellent point, Nathan. You know, it's actually right now we have a Calvary Chapel in Bangor, uh, Pastor King Graves. He's going through that right now. As a matter of fact, we want to keep him in prayer. He's battling in the courts as they're trying to take away their their freedom of speech uh, in certain in certain aspects because of this whole social distancing. And we see, Nathan, again, this is just going to continue to progress in more churches and more ministries. Did you say Bangor as in Maine or Bangalore as in India? Oh, Bangor in Maine. Yeah, Ken Graves oh. of Calvary Chapel, uh, Maine right now. Yes. And we've heard uh, a pastor in Canada was arrested for meeting. And another pastor, uh, oh, wow, was it England? Who just got a 10-year sentence for speaking out against homosexuality, and he only read from the Bible. So mm. basically they've outlawed the Bible in England, a place which during the 1800s and early 1900s sent missionaries all over the world. So if we don't think in America that, that England, what's happened there can happen to us, then we're dreaming. Uh, the church is never meant to be enjoying 400 years of, of peace and happiness like we've done. I mean, that's, that's odd compared to the other 1600 years of church history. And so uh, it's a wake-up call, I think, for Christians. It's going to separate the men from the boys, so to speak. You know, those who are truly devoted to Jesus Christ versus those who are just in it to, to say they're in it. You know, they live by works. So uh, that's another good thing. It's a wake-up call for Christians to, to choose their side and stand up for what they believe, even as we suffer loss socially and maybe even physically. So, yeah, man. Right. Hopefully yeah. that edifies us a little bit, too. Uh, what passage should we dive into that will help us uh, uh, get uh, edified even more? Well, Nathan, I think uh, if we open up with 1 Corinthians chapter 14, if you can read for us verses 1 through 4, that will be fantastic. We want to give anyone that's tuned into the program an opportunity to grab their Bible or their app and join us in 1 Corinthians 14 verses 1 through 4. Again, as we just take some time to edify the body of Christ through the teaching of biblical prophecy. So if you can take us there, Nathan, and read those for us, that will be fantastic. Sure thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. 
For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Oh, I, I love that passage. Nathan, anything come to mind as you, as you uh, open us up with that passage? Well, I mean, in first thought, and if you read all of chapter 14, actually in 1 Corinthians, is about the supernatural gifts, speaking in tongues and healing and different things where it's widely argued within the church whether the spiritual gifts cessated after the first century and then uh, they'll be, as Joel prophesied, will come back during the tribulation time period, which is, is what I, I take. I'm not a strong cessationist. I know there are Christians who speak in tongues and, and heal and do other miraculous gifts. I, I'm not one of them. Uh, this ministry, while open to spiritual gifts, believes that uh, prophecy uh, is different in the New Testament and the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, prophecy was given as revelation. It was a foretelling of the future. There was also the aspect of forthtelling, to warn people about God's coming judgment and warn a society to repent and turn to the Lord. In that aspect, I believe the gift of prophecy is it. I know Lamb Lion Ministries is a, a ministry dedicated to uh, Bible teaching Bible prophecy, but we teach Bible prophecy not with new revelation for as Revelation, the last uh, chapter 22 says, uh, prophecy is done, it's sealed, the Lord's given it. New prophecy might come about, and I believe it will during the tribulation, but for the church age, we've got the Bible. All that God has revealed to us prophetically is done, and now we forth tell and tell people and warn them about Jesus Christ coming and judgment, but for the believer in blessing, and that blessing is what edifies the church. Oh, I love that, Nathan. And, and thank you for making that clarification of foretelling and forthtelling. That's what you and I have been part of for many, many years is foretelling the wonderful things that are coming. And you, before this, you and I were talking about uh, going through the book of uh, First and Peter and Second Peter. And we blogged. I mean, we spent a long time on that. And you're blogging that right now. And that was one of the wonderful series about foretelling what's coming in the future. Yeah, uh, well, as we teach verse by verse, sometimes Vic and I will go topically here like we're doing now, but other times we'll go verse by verse through whole books. And uh, so Vic and I did a series on Second Peter, and you can find that on our blog at ChristInProphecyBlog.org. And of course, we post it to our social media, our Lamb and Lion Ministries Facebook group and our Twitter, uh, which is ChristInProphecy and uh, other social media. But if you want to go verse by verse through the book of Second Peter, uh, you can do that. Vic and I have done a lot of other series, too. Matter of fact, our, our series on Revelation, right, Vic, became a whole book. <laughs> a whole book. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of contemplating a, a follow-up book to that, our series that we did through Daniel, The Mighty Angel of Daniel. I'm kind of thinking about putting that together and writing a book on that. And then uh, our future blog series will be our series through the book of Zechariah. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, I love our verse-by-verse -verse teachings. I know that comes about because you're a Calvary Chapel pastor, right? Well, Nathan, and, and it goes with, with it goes with what we're looking at at, for, uh, at chapter fourteen because as we go through the Bible chapter by chapter and verse by verse, Bible prophecy is kind of the same way. We cannot just be skipping around. People will then be lost and they will not be able to tie the scriptures together. So you and I have had such such fun with the verse-by-verse -verse teaching because it really helps people connect the dots and understand Bible prophecy. Absolutely. Uh, and it gives you context. You know, without context, you're lost. And uh, I get a lot of Bible questions. I answer all the Bible questions that come in a Lamb and Lion Ministries. And I find when people are perplexed about certain verses, it's because 
they're reading them out of the context that they're in once you read them in context so that's why i say for first corinthians 14 the context is spiritual gifts what to do with them but uh, i love it with what uh, paul here in first corinthians brings up is that there's some people that the, the all and end all is speaking in tongues and paul puts it in perspective here he's like hey you know if, if you're speaking in tongues uh that that's you and god talking you know you you, you'll need someone who can translate for you if you're doing it publicly. Uh, I love uh, Pastor Joe Fosho. He's retired now of uh, Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia. He used to say that if anyone got up in the middle of his sermon and spoke in tongues, uh, that they the Holy Spirit doesn't interrupt himself. So if, if the pastor's preaching by the word of God, then the Holy Spirit doesn't interrupt himself with, with, <laughs> with speaking <laughs> in tongues. So uh, I love what, what he says here. He says, uh, who prophesies speaks edification, in other words, uh, it blesses us and exhorts us, in other words, it points us in the right direction and comforts us and gives us hope in, in dark times to men. And so that's the gift of Bible prophecy. It's the gift of edification, how it, it builds up the believer, it strengthens us and gives us hope and purpose and shows us a brighter future. It's not all gloom and doom like some people teach. Uh, Jesus Christ will come back. He's going to defeat Satan and the Antichrist. He's going to set up his kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice for a thousand years and then on into the eternal state brother that's something that should get us excited and edify the church you know nathan you made a very good point again and this is why exactly why we're, we're titled our message edification in bible prophecy because too many times people think the bible prophecy is gloom and doom and sad to say there are some bible prophecy teachers that that's all they focus about you know, the end times, the tribulation, and we're going to go through the tribulation, and they're basically scaring people and freaking people out. But we take it from the perspective of edification, that really Bible prophecy is to strengthen us. And there in verse 3, Nathan, that you, you read for us, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, there are three things that I noticed there speaking of Bible prophecy. And one, it talks about edification. Secondly, it speaks about exhortation. And third, it speaks about comfort. And you see, all of that is really tied into Bible prophecy, edification, exhortation, and comfort. And each one works differently in the body of Christ. And that's what you and I have been doing for many, many years when we talk about biblical prophecy. You're absolutely right. I mean, if there's anything, any verse in the Bible that reveals what Bible prophecy does for the believer in Christ. <laughs> it's 1 Corinthians 14, 3. And, and who knew? You know, it's sitting there in the middle of a, a passage about speaking in tongues. But, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, you never know what he's going to take and just make it pop in your mind. And Right there, you're right. He who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men and mankind, men and women. And so here we got it all right there. That's the purpose of Bible prophecy. It's not to terrify us. It's not to make us feel hopeless. It's not to make us uh, worry and have sleepless nights. Uh, there are aspects to that, but but that's always the storm. You know, that's the tiny bit of time period before the big eternal time period of God's blessing. But you're right. Certain Bible prophecy teachers seem to be stuck on the gloom and doom. And, you know, it comes to the old saying, gloom and doom sells, right? <laughs> Sensationalism sells. Yes, yes. Gets people's attention. Uh, but when you start talking about... Uh, I love the passages that talk about the millennial kingdom, how each person is going to be sitting under their own fig tree in peace. They're not going to be worried about, uh, you know, robbers or attacks anymore. Uh, there's plenty and bounty and it's all wonderful stuff and I can't wait for it. But people are like, yeah, whatever. And they want to go back to the gloom and it's more exciting. You know, it's it, it raises it gives you that 
extra boost of testosterone or whatever, you know, and that uh, is unfortunate because that's not the purpose of Bible prophecy. Not at all. And, you know, Nathan, we thank the Lord. But one of the reasons why our book is doing so great is because everybody that reads it, they love the approach that we have taken uh, in the mighty angels of Revelation because it's not all gloom and doom. It's actually applicable to everyday life. People see God's angels working uh, in our lives, and it's 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 more uh, edifying to them than just all gloom and doom, uh, uh, and uh, not the wonderful things that prophecy brings about that we can expect as believers. You're right. Actually, I've been working uh, all this week on getting the third print run completed with our publisher and, and getting the, the books delivered because we got back orders galore. So again, it's all the Lord, praise God. But you're right. Um, I think the aspect that we approached looking at the 72 angels or groups of angels that could be found in the book of Revelation and taking that verse by verse teaching through Revelation, you're learning Revelation and Bible prophecy, and you're also learning angelology. And again, it's about what the book of Revelation teaches. So, yeah, there's the tribulation time period, but it's that end story, man, with Jesus Christ returning triumphantly. And yes. Saints following him, him, defeating evil and setting up his kingdom that uh, man, I don't know why there hasn't been a good movie about Revelation. <laughs> if I had the same budget that they used with the Avengers, I would love to see an Avengers quality movie or trilogy, actually, about the book of Revelation, because it is the best story ever. Man, I, I am right there with you. I hope that someone <laughs> listening to a program who has a good budget, maybe will talk to us. We'll give them some <laughs> ideas. <laughs> yeah, if you have uh, uh, you know three hundred million dollars, I'd like to talk to you and let's let's get a movie about Revelation together. Let's get a trilogy. I think it would be as big as Lord of the Rings. I, I and even better. But Nathan, you see, and you brought another thing that people need to understand is that speaking about spiritual gifts, God really wants people to understand biblical prophecy. He wants to anoint them. He wants to bless them. And it's really us just being open and saying, Lord, whatever you have for me, you and I have a love for Bible prophecy, but we're not better than anyone else. I believe we just ask the Lord to give us the gift of understanding so that we can better communicate it. And that's why verse five, Nathan, can you read verse five for us there in first Corinthians chapter 14? Because I think verse five is also fantastic. Oh, it is, it is. It goes, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So here we go again, you know, it's like, all right, tongues are good. You know, uh, some, especially the char certain charismatic groups, are just obsessed with tongues, uh, but they're not obsessed with prophecy. And uh, again, taking the context, remember that this is the first century church. The Bible hadn't been completed yet. Uh, new prophecies were coming up, mainly through the apostles and being written down. So we're not talking about prophecies in the 21st century here. That's We're talking about foretelling. Remember that? Not foretelling, but foretelling. It's greater, it's more important ever than tongues will ever be because it edifies the church. It edifies believers in Christ. It helps them grow in their faith and have that hope for the future. So absolutely, man. And I just, I almost weep that this movement among pastors nowadays not to teach Bible prophecy, a third of the Bible that's prophecy. And here, even in 1 Corinthians 14, it tells you how important Bible prophecy is. And Nathan, it's sad to say some people have, have almost left it up to us, like you and I, and some people that they say, oh, we'll leave that to some experts or some people that are really good in Bible prophecy, or oh, that's their thing. And I'm saying that's not our thing. The Lord wants us to be 
everyone's thing. It's all of us that we're encouraged to read through God's word prophetically and to allow the Holy Spirit to give us new revelation according to what he wants to say to us. And I don't I don't want to say new revelation, but to open up our understanding like the book of Revelation that is an open book. It's it's revealed. It's not sealed. Right, Nathan? And it's it's a joy when we're able to see the Holy Spirit bring to us clarity in biblical prophecy. Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, as we teach in our book, The Mighty Angels of Revelation, Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, promises a blessing on those who hear it and take the, the, the book to heart. So, yeah, I mean, throughout the Bible, Jesus quoted Bible prophecy, gave many Bible prophecies. People don't think of Jesus as a prophet, but where do you think all these Old Testament prophets got their prophecy from? The angel of the Lord. And who's the angel of the Lord? The pre-incarnate Jesus. Uh, all these prophecies about the future are Jesus letting us know that he's going to come back and defeat evil and set up his kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice. In other words, Jesus was foretelling that he is going to win. And those who are his children, well, we win as well. Mm, I love that. And Nathan, I know we don't have a lot of time, but will you be able to take us uh uh, uh, over to a uh, second Peter uh, chapter one. And uh, if you will be able to read for us verses 16 uh, through 21, because this is just a, a wonderful passage that people need to recognize really what Bible prophecy is and what it does uh, for the believers. And I just thought second Peter chapter one, verses 16 through 21, uh, will be fantastic as we continue to just shed light on this prophetic Prophecy of edification. Sure thing, sure thing. So we got the Apostle Peter saying, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. In other words, a transfiguration. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scriptures of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Nathan, and I just love that the way that you also were tying that there to Revelation chapter one. You see, there's a blessing in reading God's word. There's a blessing when we read prophecy and we see that it's, it's no private interpretation. This is not Vic and Nathan saying we got this, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's the Lord saying it's the Holy Spirit who's got this. Right, Nathan? Right. And that's why you got to be the, uh, the Paul called to be a good Berean. You know, don't listen to Vic and Nathan and then Ralph and said, yeah, yeah. You know, go in the Bible and read it yourself. Study it. Uh, we're human and, and we're going to make mistakes in our interpretation. I'm, I'm always growing and learning. Uh, matter of fact, when you suggested that, that we go here and, and we cover 1 Corinthians 14, uh, you know, I had read that many times. But, uh, but that, you know, the threefold purpose of Bible prophecy really popped out at me there. So yeah, you never know what the Holy Spirit's going to open up if you study his word in prayer and obedience and humbleness. So brother, I, I, I'm excited about this topic. I, I feel edified. Good job. 
Praise the Lord. And Nathan, this is uh, every week you and I agree one thing is that the Holy Spirit is always showing us different verses, different things. And we turn these into discussions because we realize, like you said, we're students. We really don't know everything. We rely on the Holy Spirit and we give him the credit. Right, Nathan, for what he shows us. Absolutely. Again, the Bible prophecy didn't come about from men, as, as Peter says here. It came from God. And it came with eyewitnesses who confirmed it. And it was codified in the Bible, and we can read it. So if you're getting prophecy from some modern-day prophet or uh, some false interpretation or cult, uh, throw it away. You're wasting your time. Get just right in the Bible. Pray for the Holy Spirit to guide you and open up your understanding. Read other commentaries and things by learned men who have studied it for many years, and uh, you'll be surprised what you'll learn. Mm, awesome, Nathan. I love that. And we want to speak to you right now as we get ready to close. But you, too, can have this understanding of prophecy through the Holy Spirit by opening up your heart to Jesus and allowing him to live in you and bring about this revelation. And if you don't have a relationship with the Lord before we close, Nathan is going to share with you how you can start that relationship even right now from wherever you are and allow the Lord to transform your life. Nate, will you be able to speak to that person out there that maybe doesn't have a relationship with the Lord and their eyes are truly blind? it right now to the truth of the gospel, how they can start the relationship with the Lord from wherever they are. Well, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so that's what you need to believe, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came down to earth as a man. He died on the cross for your sins to pay the penalty of your rebellion against God. And what you put your faith and trust in him those sins are forgiven. You no longer stand in judgment, as John 3.36 says. You are now under God's wrath, and then you can enjoy the forever hope of being with Jesus forever. So if you don't know that and haven't accepted that yet, then make today the day you do that. Pray from your heart something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And through faith and repentance, you too will be saved. Ooh. Praise the Lord. And hey, maybe you pray that prayer for the first time, wherever you are. Reach out to us, 305-992-9537, or simply uh, check out vicbatista.org or Lamb Line Ministries. We would love to send you a Bible so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. God loves you, and he's going to reveal to you some wonderful things. So, Nathan, we rejoice with those that maybe have accepted the Lord either today or at a later point, because God is going to show up in a mighty way in their lives. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Nathan, I really want to thank you for being part of a program. I know that our time goes quickly, but it's always a joy to be able to share the word with you. I'm so glad that you are warm and that your power is back on in Texas. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your all's prayers. <laughs>